Hello, everyone. This is the KOW Philly Soccer Show. I'm KOW's Greg Rolandini. And I am Mike Servideo from Philly Soccer Page. And this week, the voice of the Philadelphia Union is on with us. Mr. J.P. Delacamer joins us. Always good to talk to J.P., one of the classiest guys in the business. Yeah, he always gives us, he's always pretty candid with us, gives us great insight to what's kind of, what he sees the, the team, what's going on with the team and all that. Plus, we uh, U.S. national team, they're back in business this week. And we'll, Pulisic. Uh, Pulisic, and we'll talk a lot of Pulisic talk on this and on the show this week, so definitely uh, stick around, check it out. Another year kind of winding down for the Philadelphia Union. Uh, looks like the playoffs are again a bit out of reach. Uh, kind of from from your perch from the uh, broadcast uh, area, what, what's this year looked like to you so far? Well, guys, it's been a, a head scratching kind of year. Would you look at it? an inconsistent team. I think that's what uh, troubles the fan base more than anything else. You know, on some nights they look like a very good team that can compete. And then on other nights, you know, not as much, right? You look at their home record, which has been good. Uh, they're one win away from tying their, their career best at home. You look at their away record, though, and they've won just once all year. You know, there are so many games that have been close. I think the team getting off to a bad start really hurt their cause. They were winless in eight, as you recall. Four of those were losses. Four of those were draws. Uh, they had some injury issues, but but so do other teams as well. And and they've still had some vacancies that they were trying to fix during the offseason, and, and those have not been fixed according to what the team wanted. You were, you were there for the, the game against Atlanta on the weekend, just like we were. And I think that was one of the, the lighter turnouts that I've seen down at Talon or PPL Park, whatever it's been called in, it, in the time. Are you a little surprised that the fans are starting to stay away, or do you think that, that, was, that it's kind of coming? Uh, that's a tough one, I, I think. I, I think that I don't know what the, what the announced attendance was or what paid attendance was. You know, I don't pay attention to that. You know, I do look around, and I did see empty seats. But it's still, you know, when Atlanta, uh, not Atlanta, I'm sorry, when Philadelphia scored at first, you know, the first couple of goals, that building was loud. It was noisy. You know, and I, I still think that uh, there's energy there. There's passion there from the fan base. You know, are there people that are not coming or maybe not using their, their seats? Uh, I'm sure that's the case. But I think that's the way it is with all sports franchises. You know, when you're when you're not winning, when when the fan base gets somewhat dissatisfied. So I, I think, uh, all in all, considering what the record is and considering the inconsistency, uh, I think the fan base has been terrific this year. And in some cases, especially at home, has, has pushed them to a to a higher means. They had won seven of eight at home, and in a lot of those wins, Jim Curtin and the players credited the fans with helping the team reach a higher level. So you, you touched on it, and uh, it's something we've talked about a lot, and you, you, you call them vacancies, and it's a pretty good good word for it, I guess. Like the, um, Especially at the attacking midfielder, um, do, do you feel the fans' frustration with the lack of signings a little bit? The under, uh, especially at that attacking midfielder, you see Montreal, they went out and got a really good guy at that <laughs> position. They, they've changed their fortunes a little bit. Um, just the just the yeah. overall lack of signings. You know, do you think that's a real big source of frustration for for the fans? I, I understand the lack of frustration. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I understand the frustration by some people. I think what we don't know, uh, and I don't know this myself, 
you know, I, I don't know how close they were to pulling the trigger on deals. I don't know the dollars and cents. Uh, I do know that there have been times this year where they could have brought in a player, but they did not think it was that much of an upgrade. So rather than go out and, and pull a deal on somebody that they really weren't sure of, you know, make a change just to make a change, you know, they didn't do that. So I think, I think the fans are frustrated because they've been looking for that number 10 for a while. Not easy to find, right? I mean, how many guys would you say in this league are on the caliber of a, let's, let's say, I'm thinking of the number 10s in this league that I consider a number 10, uh, a Diego Valeri, for example, uh, Nicholas Lodero. Not every team has one of those guys. In fact, probably not even half of the teams have someone of that level. So it's been a position that's been tough for this team to figure out. It's been tough for others to figure out. But I do understand the frustration because I think, you know, in its in a simple world, right, if you identify a problem, whatever that is, whether it's uh, you need another striker, you need a, an attacking midfielder, you need a left back, whatever that is, you know, when you've identified the problem, I think everyone expects you can find the answer to it. But it's not as easy as it may sound. You know, there's all kinds of things with Major League Soccer from uh, from the salary caps to other ways you can get around it. There's designated players, there's young designated players, there's TAM money now. There's things that I don't even know about that are involved in this. So I think there's a lot to it. I think the team did try, and, and I honestly, guys, I thought they were going to get somebody in this transfer window. I mean, that's the way they were talking before, uh, maybe a couple of weeks before it had ended. I didn't hear names, but I heard that there was an interest, that they were active, uh, but then nothing happened. So apparently, you know, there was not a deal out there that they were in position to make for whatever reason. You've, you've talked about the, the number 10 position being kind of a position of need for, for a while, and certainly for the entirety of this season. And one of the ways that you could maybe get around not having someone in that position is by altering the formation a little bit, which is something that Jim Curtin has been very hesitant to do. You've, you've been around the league a long time. You've watched a lot of soccer games. Are you a little bit surprised that he's stuck with the same formation for as long as he has at this point? Well, I'm going to say yes. I am because a lot of coaches or teams do change formation from time to time. I think you have to look at the players that you have. We're seeing some teams, Toronto is the best at it when they go with a three, five, two, but um, no one, trust me on this, no one in this league right now has the skill level set of Toronto FC. I mean, they were, I'm not saying that they will win MLS cup. I will predict that they will, but for sure they have the best team, right? And nobody plays in a three, five, two, better than they do. So, I mean, do the union have the pieces where they can do a 3-5-2? Apparently they don't think so, or else they might have tried that, right? Could they have gone with a 4-4-2? You know, maybe, but they're trying to set, set up a culture, an identity, a style of play, and so far, you know, that's been what they've gone with, that 4-5-1. You know, will it change next year? Uh, I don't know. You know, that's, that's a question for Jim. That's a question for Ernie. But, uh, we saw this past week, Chris Leach, I was doing a game for Fox, Chris Leach has been playing with a 3-5-2, and he switched it up to a 4-4-2 just for that one particular game because the, team's, the team was struggling on the road. They got the win. Uh, granted, it was against an L.A. team that uh, is having a poor season, 
But now we'll see what Chris Leach does the next game. You know, does he go back to that four four two because they won on the road, or he's playing against Toronto's next game? Does he go back and try to match them in a three five two? So I think, you know, if you ask coaches, they'll all give you something different. And and a lot of coaches will say there's not much difference in a three five two and something else. And and sometimes with a three five two, it's really five guys in the back, not three. So we've kind of so far been talking about you kind of the more negative things have gone on with, with with the team this year. What just watching all these games this year, what what were some of the positives that you've kind of gotten out of what the union wow. have done this there's, year? There's a lot of positives, guys. No, there's <laughs> a lot of positives. I think Andre Blake uh, when healthy is as good, if not better than any goalkeeper in this league. And we've had a chance to watch him grow. Unfortunately, he was at his best right before he went to gold cup. Then he does well at gold cup. Then he gets hurt. Uh, John McCarthy filled in well. I think that's another plus. You know, they weren't losing because of John McCarthy. He did very well, but he's not Andre Blake. Not many people are Andre Blake, right? So Blake is definitely a, a highlight of the year for sure. Jack Elliott is in the um, in the chase for Rookie of the Year for sure, with a couple of other guys. I think Gressel from Atlanta and maybe now Dunlady from Minnesota, who just scored twice on the weekend. Uh, Jack's a fourth-round pick, and he's become an everyday starter. And you can make the case that he's been the best uh, member of that back four for the Union this season, right? I mean, he's their Rookie of the Year. He's also probably their defensive player of the year if you take Andre out of it. I think that's a plus. I think the, the year that C.J. Sapong has had has been remarkable. Uh, 12 goals, that's a career high for him. Five assist matches, uh, his, his uh, season high. But where would the team be without C.J.? Yeah. I mean, if he had gotten hurt earlier in the season, where would they have been? I mean, he's the one that's scoring all the goals. Uh, he's the one that uh, sets things up defensively with his pressure. He's the one that's drawing all these fouls and the free kicks. He's the one that's battling two center backs all game long. Uh, to me, he's the team's MVP this season. As good as Blake has been, Andre's missed some games. So if I were casting the vote today, uh, the vote goes to C.J. Sapong. So those are, you know, off the top of my head, some of the bright spots this season. I, I, well, I don't think we can disagree with you there, too. And I, I think we've, we've definitely sang the praises of Jack Elliott uh, as much as anybody. He's been a real revelation in that center back position. Um, one of the other defenders yeah. I'd, I'd love to ask you about, though, which is a guy that's had uh, a bit of an up and down year, is, is Keegan Rosenberry. He's a guy that, you know, made the all star team as a rookie last year, played in every game. Was a, That was a tremendous feat. And then he seemed to suffer a little bit of a dip in form at the beginning of this season and uh, found himself out of a job in the right-back role. Um, what have you thought of his season so far, and what do you think he can do to, to, to reclaim that role again? Well, some guys have what they call a, a sophomore slump. I think that could be part of it with Keegan. Um, I'm guessing here, guys, just like everyone else is, right? But I, I think it's um, uh, somewhat of an educated guess. You know, he was invited uh, to the January camp, right, mm-hmm. by Bruce Arena. Um, didn't go anywhere with that. You know, maybe he was let down because of that. You know, I don't know. You know, did he have an injury coming into preseason? I know he was comfortable playing with Josh Yarrow. And, and Josh, I think, was a guy. I think this, this was the start of some of the trouble this year. Josh was going to be a starter, right? He separates his shoulder, and he's out for the first few months. I think when Josh was next to Keegan. They played together in college 
And I think Keegan knew that when he went upfield, Josh was there to cover. And I think when they made that change, when Yara was injured, and then you have Elliott and Marquez back there, and then, and then Gooch got in there, I think it was different. You know, you lost some of that speed, that recovery speed that Josh had. And I think Keegan's start was not that good. I think he lost some confidence. At least that's the way it looked from a press box level, watching him play. You know, he was more tentative than before. You know, last year, if he made a mistake, either somebody covered for him or he shrugged it off. This year, if he made a mistake, it seemed like the ball went into the back of the net, you know, and then his head dropped. And then, you know, then he didn't play. He went 13 games without playing. So I'm sure his confidence dipped as well. But I think he's got a lot of talent. Uh, I saw a really good performance from him, I thought anyway, uh, Saturday against Atlanta. That was the old Rosenberry from last year. Uh, he was aggressive going up the field. We made mention of it on the broadcast. You know, his passing, it was crisp, it was sharp. Uh, he was looking at angles. He was, he was pushing forward at the right time. You know, he wanted the ball. This is all stuff that we saw last year, but in the first uh, eight games or whatever it was he started, you know, we didn't see. You know, and part of that, too, guys, remember, they're winless in eight. You know, he's starting in there. The whole team was down on confidence mm-hmm. at that point. So um, I'm not – I wouldn't be giving up on Keegan Rosenberg, and, and neither is the team, neither is the coaching staff. Uh, I think he'll be fine bouncing back. And, you know, we'll see who starts the next game. But I think uh, if he's not in there the next game against Minnesota, it's not because of his performance on Saturday because I think he did a very good job. So, JP, before we let you go, uh, just want to ask you about the national team that they're going to – we're going into the uh, international break. And I uh, just wanted to get your get your impressions of what's going to – kind of what's been going on with Bruce Arena and, of course, the one name everybody talks about when you talk about the national team now is Christian, Christian Pulisic. Right. Uh, first of all, congrats to Ali Bedoya. I had no doubt that he was going to be on that team. He deserved it. I think he's been playing well for the union and um, will be a, a nice piece for Bruce Arena's team. Uh, Pulisic is the, the star of the future. He's the real deal. Um, I think people are starting to recognize it now before people said, you know, go easy on the hype train. But, but the hype train has left the station, guys. Uh, the guy's the real deal. And I think you're going to see if he keeps going like this, at the end of the day, we'll be talking about him being the greatest player that ever played for this U.S. team. And I say that with all due respect to names of the past, like Landon Donovan in the recent past, past Claudio Reyna, Tab Ramos, and, and players of that magnitude, Clint Dempsey now as well. Um, I think Pulisic, Pulisic will be right up there. Uh, it's a big game, though, Friday for the U.S. They've got another game against Honduras next week. Uh, this is a game, though, that they need to win in order to stay up there in that top three. This is the game that they have to win. The Honduras game is going to be a tougher one for them yeah. because it's on the road. And they also have six players on yellow cards going into this game. So we don't know uh, if somebody else picks one up. Guys like Altidore, Bradley, Cameron, you know, all expected to start on Friday. They get a yellow card. They can't even play against Honduras. So I like what they're doing under Bruce Arena. He's not lost, by the way. He's unbeaten in 14. Four of those are in qualifying. The team has to overcome injuries to Jonathan Brooks and DeAndre Yedlin. But I think there's still enough quality there and confidence and consistency that they will get the job done on Friday night. Well, JP, always a pleasure. Uh, we usually get you on a little earlier in the year. Sorry we, uh, sorry we took so long to get you on the show this year, but uh, always a pleasure to uh, to have you on with us. 
Anytime, guys. Anytime. Thanks, JP. And uh, JP Dahl camera voice of your Philadelphia Union, one of the class guys, I think, in the soccer Absolutely. world and in, in the U.S. Always, always great with his time. Always a always a, a, a pro on the air. And no matter if he's doing Union games or U.S. games, MLS games, you know, men's, women's. I mean, he's he's, he's done it all, seen it all. And it's always great to have him uh, have him on with us. Yes, I agree. Um, so. We'll talk a little bit of union, I guess. <laughs> well, we're, going, we're going back yeah, to it. Yeah, we are. Okay, uh, just briefly. Then we'll <laughs> talk U.S. Um, yeah, it was a game that happened. <laughs> it was more frustration. Uh, you know, two two games in such close succession where you you yeah. you have a, a poor play that kind of gives the other team a result on some level. I, I want to say, though, I, I was pretty impressed with the way that the Union handled for Atlanta for most of that time that they played ten down I, I, a man. I thought that they were pretty good. I thought they defended I was, I well. I was, too. Yeah, and you don't, got upfield some. you don't see the Union kind of do that very often. Where they, they They're not great with ten men. No, they're not. And they're not they, great playing against ten men. Where they, <laughs> where they really just set up with the two banks of four and with CJ kind of, kind of floating around and, you know, kind of trying to get what he can get at that point, but really setting up with that two banks of four and really just having, you know, the nine outfield players really just commit to defending. You don't see them do that very often. And, you know, you don't bank on an, and it's harsh to call it a mistake, but it was, I mean, you don't, you don't bank on an Andre Blake mistake killing you at the end where, and it was just a freakish play where he, he you know, he comes off his line, he clears it, he thinks it's good, and clears it right to an Atlanta player, right to right to Mears. Yeah, and he's off his line for that split second, doesn't get back, and falls in the net. And it's and you know, and Ali talked about it too about his positioning on that play, and it, it just you you don't expect that to happen. No, I mean, and Ali said it too. Is it's a bit unlucky, and I, yeah. I won't disagree with that. Uh, it, it's it's also a great header by Mears. Yeah. I mean, that's not yeah. an easy thing to do. No, no, no. He, <laughs> he no, he he took it well and did what yeah. he had to do to get the ball in the net. Um, you know, you could you could sense the frustration when Madoya gave his post game interview, and it, it's it's been true of the Union all season that they've they've not had a lot of luck. But I, I I'm still. True to the the old soccer additive that you create your own luck, mm-hmm. and this this is a team that's not created their own luck in eight years of existence. <laughs> wow! <laughs> um, no, you're you're right, and it's it's just been that kind of season. And and JP said it this year has been a head scratcher. I mean, you could point to things of why it's been a head scratcher, but it, it it has been, and they 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 have played above kind of their talent a lot. They have gotten really some really good results this year. They have done those things. But then but then they turn around and, and figure out a way to drop two points in a game. Yeah. And, and it, it's it's frustrating. And in that Atlanta game, and even if they won the Atlanta game, I think the playoffs are just were would still be just out of their reach. It's, it's kind of it's kind of crazy if you look at the standings because they're they're only you know two wins out of yeah. being in that playoff race, but all of the teams around them have at least one or two games in hand. Right, right, and 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 they haven't really taken care of business. It's something I've been harping on. You got to take care of business against the teams around you, and they yeah. they really haven't done. You that. You needed to beat Atlanta. 
You you really needed to be Atlanta. Yeah. You desperately needed to be Atlanta. Even I'm, you know I mean they beat uh Dallas which at home, which was nice, but you don't beat you know, you lose you, to Montreal. You, 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 tra- you trade the win against Dallas right. for, the tr- for a win against Montreal. Yeah, because you you don't you don't you lose you know you don't win against Montreal, and you draw Atlanta. So that Dallas win, as nice as it was, doesn't mean as much because you had to take care of business against against the guys around mm-hmm. you, and they haven't done that. No, they've struggled with Montreal season. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, they they can't get anything against Montreal. Um, you know, they drop points to 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 an Atlanta team that. Came in here. It was all about the falling down and the diving and the crying and the whining. Yeah, um, that Atlanta team was not fun. That much fun to watch. I, no, it was, I was really I, disappointed I, yeah. because everybody's all oh, the vault of this Atlanta team. They're fun. Yeah. They got talent. I agree. I thought they were they're, kind of whining. They're, they're, they're kind of kicking the door down in MLS, and they were just, you know, any chance they got to hit the deck, they were doing it. And yeah. God Almighty, Drew Fisher, that oh, was terrible. Hook, line, and sinker was buying <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And all over the place in that game. Yeah, too. Really, missing advantage calls. Oh, there's at least two. I I, I think uh one all of them had a had a lot of real oh, estate yeah. in front <laughs> yeah. of them. And, yeah, and he and they called and they called a foul and it should have been an advantage because he was he was breaking and he and the union could have had numbers and yeah, it was it was just fr- frustrating. And when the game started to get a flow after the Union's first goal, there were, and it started to kind of get end to end. I mean, and Fisher went to the whistle again and it kind of put the put the brakes on everything. You did get the right card, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't. I mean, nobody, I, nobody's gonna argue that. No, nobody's yeah, arguing that. That, that, was, that was a, that was a you know denial. I don't know if Josh has been watching Eagles practice or what? But. Yeah. Um, you know, and Bedoy, both Union goals were really good. Bedoy had had a, had a nice goals first, which I couldn't believe his first talent goal. But I can believe it. I mean, it's only his <laughs> second goal. True. And <laughs> you know, well, third if you count the playoffs. But anyway, yeah. but I digress. Um. Yeah, and and Albrecht, you know, Albrecht score, scores nice goals. And he he scored, that was another, a great goal. He scored, he scored another I, I, nice I, That was and, difficult to do. I don't think people realize how hard that was to, yeah. to chest that down and then flick it past the yeah, goalkeeper. And uh, one of them gets the assist on it as first. Yeah. Uh, I think his first yeah. assist for the no, team. No, they were they were good goals. You know, I think Ali's yeah. goal is a you know a bit of a scissor overhead type kick, which mm-hmm. is always exciting. Uh, Jack Elliott gets a nice that's, that's assist the first, on that. It's the, that's the frustrating thing that we were talking about. They played well enough to get three points. They did. Even with a man down, they played well enough to get the, to get those three points, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, and I feel like we've had this discussion. We before. have. We ad nauseum, <laughs> not in multiple years. Um, uh, well, uh, taking a cue from JP, though, I do I do want to talk a little bit of positive soccer. Let's do that. I thought Keegan Rosenberry had a good game. Keegan Rosenberry, it was good I to thought, see him in a starting eleven, uh, and I, it was I, good to see him have a, a good match. He had a very good game. I thought he was and tidy on the ball. I thought he did well defensively. He did what Keegan, what we expected him to do. He, yeah. he was he was good on the ball. He combines with other players. He 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 passes well. And, and JP made a lot of good points. I think not having Yarrow, who, who's a guy he knows very well, not having Yarrow there didn't help. Um, but the. the Kind of pin a lot of what happened early in the year on on Keegan, and when you don't start a guy since April, you're doing that. You are pinning a lot of yeah the, mis- the team's misfortunes well, on I, on him. You know, nobody played well in the, the, those first eight games, including Andre Blake. They started winning when Andre kind of got his head into it. Andre Blake did not play well to start this year. Oh, and, I love Andre Blake. Yeah. Everybody loves Andre Blake. He didn't play very well. He all twenty some of those players did not play well in that in that start. And I think that's been the the real baffling thing for us as as journalists is been 
to figure out why Keegan got thrown on the shelf for as long as he did. Mm-hmm. And I, I tweeted this from Philly soccer page on, on Saturday during the game. It's, Cause I think Josh, Josh Yarrow has made a couple of big mistakes this year. Yeah. And that's, that's something that's going to happen with a guy that missed a chunk of time for a guy that's a second year player. I, th- I And I don't think that that stuff is unexpected, but it seems like he gets to keep trodden out there and making those mistakes when the, the leash was much shorter on Keegan Rosenberry, and I just don't understand you, why. You can make the same point with Juan Olam. I think yeah. Juan Olam's made yeah. mistakes that have led to goals, that have led to drop points that you could point to. Uh, and he's got a longer leash than Keegan got. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know how to explain I, it. I, I, I don't know either. And I'm glad, I hope he starts again. I hope he starts whatever playoffs, whatever, I think I I think he should start through the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we've said this a number of times too. Is you know, I think we we know the limit of what Ray Gaddis is capable mm-hmm. of on the right back position, um, and you still think that there's room for Keegan to grow in that position. Yeah. And why? I mean, this is a team that has touted their commitment to youth for the last couple of years ad nauseum. Mm. It's time. It's time to roll with it. Yeah, and I I think you you should. Yeah, you know, and I think you should keep starting. Uh, Josh has made some big mistakes, but he's not going to. Well, he's he's not going to play the next game. Obviously, he's playing in. Uh, I think this week with, with a steal yeah. down in Orlando. I think it's good, which is great. No, yeah. which is fine. I'm yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm happy because he's he, he needs time. He yeah. he needs he needs reps. I mean, we were even calling for Keegan to get some steal yeah. games not that long he, ago, he just because he's a, he's he a guy that should have been playing. Absolutely, he should have been getting steal games. I know Jones is getting steal games again, and and. There's things they want. They want to see him. Uh, Jim touched that on that in the press conference. There's things they need. They still need him to do to develop a little more. So he's getting steel games. Keegan should have got steel games. But I think you should play Josh. Uh, you should play Josh despite his mistakes, which you know there's been at least two or three big ones. You, you know I think you got to run him out there. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I think is. Uh, maybe a little bit unlucky about running Josh out there is that it pushes Jack Elliott into the left center back position, which is not his preferred side. No, but he's done fine. But yeah, he seems to have figured it out yeah. pretty quickly. I mean, he's, he's, I thought he was pretty good against Atlanta. Still. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's another guy, that had another good game. And, yeah. and <laughs> you know, he's, he's, I think JP's right. He's making his case. Yeah. You know, it's tough. I think it's tough for defenders to get the rookie. It's of the tough year. for defenders. And it's tough for defenders that play on not great teams. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great team. And you, you point, to kind of the goal scoring record on the other side, on the defensive side, and you have had some, you know, unflattering score lines. Yeah, especially the last month. Yeah, so I mean, you could point to those things, but I mean, if you just look at his play in a vacuum, I mean, he's he's played really well. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, the Union are off. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, because the U.S. national team's back in business yes. with everybody's favorite. Uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania native uh, Christian Pulisic. I'm excited. I I'm excited you to watch him every it. week. And anybody, he was really unlucky not to score for Dortmund on the weekend. Did yeah. you actually watch that game? I watched some of it. I Berlin. actually, yeah, I, I think I watched. Uh, I watched. That he got stoned half. by the keeper twice, um, and then was involved two or three other really like flowing moves. That's it's the thing. Just, he's, that team is fun to watch. That's he's a, fun to watch on that team. That's a great word for Pulisic involved because he is involved yeah. in everything. Yeah, he. He wants to get. He wants the ball, but he also wants it to be the outlet. He wants to be a 
a point on the triangle. He wants to get. The, he wants to be a guy that can receive the ball. He wants to be a guy that can push the ball forward. He wants. He wants to be involved. Yep. And he and he wants to be the and he can make things happen. Yep. He can make things out of nothing, like the great players do. Mm-hmm. Like and and. You know, there's always there's that little tug in your brain. Okay, he's 18, he's 19, he got to come. No, <laughs> I mean, we're pa- we're past that calming down thing. We're, he's we're, the, we're all in on this. He's show. the once one. He could be. He is. He's that once in generation guy. Yeah, once in generation. That certainly guy. seems like it right now. And and he, you know, even the guys before him, like the Donovans, are saying that. Like Landon Donovan, I've heard Landon Donovan and broadcast say, "I wasn't there when I was 18. I didn't have that when I was 18." He's got that. He's got more than than I had when I was eighteen. And you know, Landon right now is probably the best outfield player this country's ever produced. Yeah. And he he just has that. He has that magic, that thing, that little extra, that, that quality that to to you know he can knock a ball off his shin, off his elbow, you know, off his thigh, get and get it to the right spot. He could do that unorthodox thing that that the great players can do. That you know just makes you scratch your head in amazement. You yeah. Know? Uh, I I don't have anything to add to that. I, yeah. I think it's true, um, and it's it's great. To so watch. it's qualifiers, and it's against two of the two of the tougher teams. Yeah, Costa, I mean Costa Rica. Costa Rica has kind of been a burn the saddle for the U.S. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, they 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 got Clemson fired. That was the, that was a game. I where, did. Yeah, that was a game where you know. They, I guess they, thanks for that, Costa yeah, Rica. They, they, thanks, yeah, where they. We just, needed that. This so. absolute humiliation. But, I mean, you you have to think that you know that that result is still in the minds of a lot of the guys that are going to suit oh, up for that game on Friday. And that was, it was four nothing, right? Yeah. If that, it was more than that, I think. Yeah. But it was, it was, yeah, it was four. Yeah. It was four. Nothing. And, and if you're a player in a game like that, doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth, then, then you shouldn't be playing. Yeah, then you shouldn't be competing. A, no. Then you shouldn't be competing. And, and you got to think, and especially now that they're kind of, U S is just imbued with the confidence again, that, that, yeah. that, that Bruce arena has given them. I mean, you got, you have to point to Bruce and you have to point to the fact that, he stripped a lot of things down. It's really simplified things. Gave guys roles. Gave, you know, defined roles. Played Everybody, them in the right position. Playing people in the right position. Everybody it's knows. amazing how far that goes. It's incredible. <laughs> we, 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 again, we can talk about Arsenal doing that, but that's besides one. <laughs> but, but, you know, playing guys in positions where you know they can thrive. I didn't think you would want to talk. No, Arsenal I don't want to talk about Arsenal. <laughs> um, anyway, I digress. Uh, you know, playing guys in spots where they can thrive. And, and Arena's really done that. And, yeah. And, 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 and it's nice and it's refreshing to see that. I agree. Uh, you know, and I, I, I think he's got a, a good group to go into the game mm-hmm. on Friday with. I think he's got, you know, the majority of the guys that you would want healthy, healthy yeah. you know, outside of a couple of, yeah. of players. And it's you know, Ali, Ali's getting in there again. JT touched on JP touched on that. And I just think he's a guy that that I think Bruce feels like he could probably lean on. You know, he's a good veteran guy. He's been in the setup a lot. You could put him into. I don't know if he'll start, but you could put him into the situations where if you're a goal up, a goal down, you know, he could go out there and kind of give you some defensive quality. You know, it's, it's not going to do anything to kill you, probably. So I, th- I think that's his role. And he, I, I do too. And to, be, to come in to be a veteran guy, you know? You know, I, and I think that's, that's his role is he's an excellent complementary player yeah. in this kind of situation. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I think he's struggled a little bit during this Philadelphia Union season is that the, the talent level around him is not the same as when he goes and plays with the national team. Right. And he's a guy that can thrive with better guys around him. He's the guy that suffered the most, I think, this team not having a true 10. Yeah. Because he's, he's, 
because he hasn't had that. Again, you know, you look at last year where you had Barnetta and Vincent. You know, Bedoya hasn't had that Barnetta, yeah, no, that guy hasn't. to connect with, mm-hmm. and, and and just how well they played together. He hasn't had that person sitting in that. And then we we talked. I think we we talked about with this with Adam in that four two three one. Who? What's the most important thing? It's probably that. You know, the six, the eight, the ten is probably your most important. Those three players, however you want to line them up, but those three players are probably that the, the beating heart of that formation, mm-hmm. and they just haven't had that one piece all year. And he's absolutely, I think he's suffered the most because of that. Yeah, I I don't know if it's the most, but he's definitely suffered. I think because yeah. of that. Um, I I was glad to see him get on the score sheet this week, and I thought the the game against Atlanta was one of the the best games we've seen yeah. him play for the Union this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see how he gets deployed with with Bruce Arena um, mm-hmm. on Friday. I, I don't see him in the starting eleven, no. but he's certainly a guy that, especially, I think, especially if you get a lead, that is a guy that you can bring into the game. And, yeah, yeah, and, and you can he gives you that calmness, that defensive yeah, quality. He's good on the ball. Reliability. Yeah, yeah, and he's not going to do anything really, really dumb. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a smart, heady player. He's not right. going to do anything like that that's going to kill you. So. Um, yeah, it's always it's always tough going down Honduras. I mean, Honduras. Yeah, is, they scheduled a game for like ten p.m. Oh yeah, and I'm sure it'll be the you know the requir- the requisite DJ party outside the hotel mm-hmm. and all, all that all that fun stuff that you get in Concacaf. Yeah. You know, and the no, they're not going to go cut on, the gr- on top of the eighty percent humidity, eighty <laughs> percent long grass. Yeah, yeah, the grass up to your ankles. The whole <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's the fun of it. That's the fun of Concacaf, and um. So you, you got to figure they're, they're going to take care of business against against both these teams. I think you you get results out of both, and I think you probably you get the W against Costa Rica because you're in the states, and then yeah, you just you go you you go down Honduras and usually a point is not a bad result. No, a point's not a bad result going down. You'd there. like three, but you'd take one. Yeah, oh for sure. And you know if it becomes like a bunker game, and that's fine because Bruce can do that. Bruce can. You know, he can match he can match Matt's wits with the with the other coaches if they want to do any shenanigans. So yeah, um, we want to wrap it up on that. I mean, I don't want to go back to this, but dude, what happened to Arsenal? Uh, that was that was. I mean, it just it was a it's a fresh not right. It's it's a fresh humiliation every day with Arsenal these days, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> not only do you lose to Liverpool, then you saw him a player. <laughs> I, I mean. Wait, I mean, we talked a little bit about this before we started. I was like, "You could get money for Oxley Chamberlain." I, I say, "Take that I was, money." I was never a fan. I I don't rate the guy. I'm, I not, was I'm ever, not into I, it. I, I always thought he was overhyped. I was never a big fan. I, I don't think he would. And be, he's he's one of a you know a cadre of players on Arsenal. That you were just waiting to turn into something. Yeah. And you know now they, he's they gone. still have a number of them on the roster <laughs> that they're still waiting for and have been for five years. Yes, <laughs> years. Yes. So. Yeah, you know, we'll try not to do too much Arsenal talk. Sorry, people, <laughs> I, 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 mean, I mean, it's a big, big game in the prem. So I, yeah, no, I, I, like, I, I got up and watched and, it, and like my, my girlfriend, who's not very into soccer, like you know, I tell her I was like, oh, there's there's some big games, you know, Arsenal, Liverpool is like teams that she knows, and like she comes out like midway through the half, and she's like, oh, I thought it would be closer. <laughs> and I was like, I did too, sweet, yeah, yeah. did too. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. That, that's the, and again, I promise we'll get off this momentarily. But that's the the problem with Arsenal is the uh, what's happening on the field is almost secondary at this point because just 
the fact that they can't sign anyone, that they're probably going to lose Alexis, Alexis Sanchez, that they're kind of reduced to begging city for Raheem Sterling to come the other way for, for Sanchez plus money. It's, it's just, it's not a good thing right now at all. And Wanger won't leave and you don't have, you don't have a strong hand in the front office that's going to step up and say, okay, you got to go. We have to make a change and we have to do it right now. Yeah. There's, there's no voice like that. And, you know, it's, it's, you could point to, you know, a guy that American sports fans know pretty well now because he, he moved the, the Rams from St. Louis to LA, Stan Kroenke. He's, you know, the principal guy in Arsenal. I think the money keeps coming in. I think he's, he's fine with it or yeah. it just feels like it. So, so that, that's your, <laughs> Sorry, buddy. that's your two minutes of Arsenal talk uh, <laughs> a week here on the, on the KOW Philly soccer show. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up on that. Yeah, Please, I Marshall I don't, I don't have anything else to rub. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I want to thank JP Dahl Cameron, who's always, uh, Absolutely. always all, a great interview. All class. Always, always, uh, always enjoy having him on. Uh, yeah, we should get him a little earlier. Uh, kind of, kind of waited to, uh, a little later this year to have him on, but always great to have him on. And, uh, we'll, uh, oh, before I, before I got, I just want to mention this and because this will affect the show in some way, probably. Uh, KOW News Radio is a partner, a media partner for the Unity Cup this year, which if anybody listens to the station, I hope you do. Uh, you've been hearing some promos talking about that. And, uh, you know, it's going to involve us doing some broadcast stuff and I'll be involved. And uh, I think the union is going to be involved in some way. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, because they're a partner with that. And, uh, so kind of stay tuned to the podcast. We're probably going to – that stuff's going to probably start filtering a little bit on the podcast. Uh, we're planning stages of what KYW's role is going to be, and we're just kind of, kind of still in the planning stages. But, you know, I'm very excited. The station's very excited to be involved with that. And it's, it's a great event, and, you know, it's, it's a wonderful a wonderful event. It's a part of, a, you know, Mayor Kenny's outreach to the neighborhoods and the, to the immigrant population of the city. And, and it's just a it's, – it's a you know, it's been a great event so far, and uh, – I'm happy to be a part of it and happy to KYW is going to be a part of it. So definitely pay attention and uh, we'll have some more of that as, as the weeks come. Cool. So let's uh, wrap it up on that and uh, we'll see everybody next week.